0: Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. My name is Louis Cameron, coming to you after another dominant day for the Aussies. Usman Khawaja made the most of his recall to the Test team with a near-flawless 137 that helped Australia reach 8 for 416 before declaring. England got the stumps, no wickets down, but the day was all about Usman Khawaja. The SCG crowd could not get enough of him, and his LeBron James celebration will be talked about for a long time to come. A short time ago, I spoke to Ricky Ponting, who doesn't know quite as much about LeBron as he does about cricket. With our chat brought to you by HCL, the official digital technology partner of Cricket Australia. I'm here with Ricky Ponting on day two of the SCG test, where Usman Khawaja has undoubtedly been the talking point. His first ton, well, his first test match since the 2019 Ashes, and obviously his first ton since then. Ricky, what have you made about how he's, how he's batted?
2: Uh, look, Louis. To be totally honest, it hasn't really surprised me at all. Like I've, I've always considered Usman to be a a, a world class player. I mean, if you look at his his Test record in Australia, he averages I think over fifty five, fifty six or something in Test cricket in Australia. There's you know there's always been the knock on him at, at at Test level when he's had to tour overseas, and that's you know that's something that he's sort of had to deal with and live with, I guess, for for all of his career. But you know he's his record in Australia is, is outstanding. You know I spoke to you before the series started, and I. I had a feeling that I'm probably going to go with Kawaja ahead of Travis Head for the mm. first test. They didn't do that. And, and obviously, that they pay dividends because of how well Travis played up in Brisbane. But, um, now look, I've I've always had great faith in Usman. I've play, obviously, I played a bit with him. I know mm. him quite well off the field as well. and um, So, I'm just rapt. I'm rapt to see him get another opportunity, but more, and more impressed by how he's actually gone about it and con- constructed a, another really good test match under.
0: Whips it. And whips it well. Kawaja.
2: Comes back for three. The ninth test 100. Bozman Kawaja. he's back and he's big and
0: he's better than... Well, he replaced you when um, when he made his debut. Funnily enough, I was uh, I was looking at that this week. Um, that was obviously 11 years ago at this same ground. I want to ask you about um, just his preparation. We've talked a lot about England's you know poor preparation and, and the quarantine that stuff they went through before the test, uh, before the Ashes, I should say. Aussies only played one first class game in the last six weeks with that Lions game. Is that I mean is that just experience? And if so, is that kind of the reason I guess Australia have, have kept him around the squad?
2: Yeah, well, experience will certainly help that. I think the sort of person he is as well, someone that probably wouldn't worry too much about that or, or fret too much about the fact that he hadn't been playing a lot of cricket. I think others would probably fret that they feel like they've lost, you know, a bit of tempo or a bit of a bit of the pace of the game or whatever. But, um, you know, he's 35 years of age, isn't he? He's, he's played a lot of test cricket for Australia in the past. Um, I think, you know, the reason they kept him around was the flexibility he probably brings as well. You know, there was a chance he was going to play in Adelaide when Warner got hurt, you know there was talk of it maybe him coming in to replace Harris at some stage in this series. If if Harris had missed out again in Melbourne, um, so the flexibility along with the experience, I think, is the 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 main reason that he was kept around the group. Um, yeah, and it's been a and it's, it's it's worked and paid dividends for them. I mean, they could have easily thought to release him and go back and let him play some big bash cricket in between, but just goes to show how important they have it is to have these sort of these guys around. But also reading reading some of the things he had to say during the week about how he was just trying to make sure he was as well prepared um, as he could be to, to play. So that's just paying extra attention to your your training sessions and your net sessions and want, what you want to get out of them and also understanding your game and what, what you can do in your training sessions to make sure you're as well prepared as possible. And that comes with experience. So um, yeah, look, just, just really, really happy for him, delighted for him, as I'm sure everyone in that setup will be. Every, everyone knows how nice a bloke Usman is and, um, you know, I was only saying on air earlier, I think he's probably been a bit, a bit misunderstood, I think, as a, mm. as a player, as a person through his career as well, because of you know how easy and, and laconic and laid back he can make batting look at different times. And that's probably been something a lot of people have held against him. But if you watch the way that he's, he's played today and look back at some of the other times in his career when things have been really difficult, he's, he's more often than not found a way to get the job done for himself and for his team.
0: Well, it seems like he's particularly comfortable in his own skin now and you could probably tell that from the celebrations. I'm not sure how uh, much of LeBron James you've watched, Ricky, but, um, yeah, had you kind of kind of seen that celebration? Uh, did you see that coming and had you kind of seen it before?
2: No, I, I haven't seen a lot of <laughs> LeBron James. I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of American <laughs> sport, but um, I know how much into American sport Usman is. He gets around in all his, his basketball gear more often than not. He's always wearing the, the Nike high tops around whenever possible. So, no, nah, look. I thought it must have had something. That celebration must have had something to do with something I hadn't seen before, because uh, (laughs) I certainly hadn't seen it on a cricket field.
0: Yeah, yeah, that might be a first. I want to ask you about. I mean, the obvious question here is: he's come in for Travis Head. Pat Cummins said before the match that um, you know Head being the leading run scorer for the Ashes for for Australia coming into this game um, that he would be straight back in for the Hobart Test. Does that need to be revisited?
2: No, not not at all. Travis has been outstanding in the series so far, and in, in fact, I think he's—that's the best I've ever seen him bat. Certainly in Brisbane, and then the way he carried over that into Adelaide, but that little cameo he played in Adelaide as well, in, in a team when his team needed him to go, go and score quickly. So, no, this is—I mean, it, it, it just happens. And I was on record saying the same thing last week. You know, with with Boland and Richardson and 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 Josh. You know. If, even though Boland did as well as he did last week, I felt if, if Richardson and, and Hoff were both fit, that both of those guys had to be considered uh, um, for selection ahead of Boland. So, you know, it's it's all about taking your opportunities when they come. And and everyone that Australia have given an opportunity so far in the series have really taken their chance. But you got to go back to um to what your your first pick team was because at that stage, obviously, it was the strongest uh, strongest eleven that it, that Australia could put out. But what it what it does do is it just reaffirms uh in Usman's own mind that he's good enough at international level still and it gives the selectors um the ammunition they need for future for future teams that they're picking and squads that they're picking to know that Kawaj is still very much uh, a high level international player so um you know it's two ways to look at it from Usman's point of view was there less pressure on him coming into the game because he was probably only going to get the one chance or is there more pressure on to try and make sure he makes the most of it to keep his name in front of the selectors so whichever way it was he's handled it really well and so far done everything he possibly could in this game.
0: It would be a hell of a call to leave him out in Hobart given the way he's batted. Would it come down to potentially the number six spot, I guess, with with Cameron Green um, struggling in his innings again today and you know, the potential that pitch might do a little bit, that you might not need five bowlers? Is that potentially a question they might ask?
2: um once again i I wouldn't have thought so i think they've invested enough in green at the moment i think we've seen some great improvements with the ball from green as well the fact that you know potentially going to hobart with stark and cummins that have got a fair bit of work under their belt probably at the end of this test might be another reason why they might just think about having another bowling option up their sleeve as well um yeah but there's there's no doubt in my mind like i've I've said on air again today there there are some technical deficiencies there that are, are starting to show up with with cameron green's batting and it's his in a, I was saying in a stint just a minute ago. I think it's his inability to, to to want to play on the back foot early in his innings. It's bringing him undone. He's very much you know plotting onto the front foot and getting stuck on the front foot and missing out on lots of scoring opportunities from his back foot game, which we know he's got. Right, we, we've seen him do it before. We've seen him take on the pull shot against India a few times and play back foot punt, punch shots and things. But at the moment, uh, it's particularly early in his innings, he's 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 you know making a big lunging stride forward and getting stuck there and that's putting more scoring pressure on his front foot game and so, forth. so far in the series, every time he's been out, it's been on the front foot. So mm.
1: um,
2: yeah, some work to do there, but I think they'll stick with him.
0: Just stick with him. Right. So Quadra misses out in Hobart. That's a, that's a tough call, mate. It's a huge call to
2: make. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely it is. Um, but yeah, but, and that would have been the same if, if Hoff or, if Hoff or Jai had have got up and were fit for here, they would have had to make the same call with the ball. But, that's what I'm saying about these guys. That the impressive thing is when Australia presented someone with the chance, they, these guys have grabbed it, and therefore it makes selections a little bit more difficult. But um, yeah, I mean the other thing that the other thing they may consider is if if you know just for the time being, if if Kawadja in the form that he's in is more irresistible than Marcus Harris. I know it was only yesterday that I was saying Harris and Warner had to stay together, but um, you know if you do your way up, someone that averages 60 in Australia in Test cricket to someone that's averaging you know, under 20, I think, in his test career. So mm. that's another option of something that they might consider.
0: Interesting, interesting. Um, I want to ask you about Steve Smith, who, who was he was kind of playing second fiddle to um, earlier in the day. And then there was a really strange kind of passage of play just immediately before he got out, where he kind of left one down the leg side. He got hit on the pad um, on one that was nearly out LBW. Did you notice anything kind of funny with with Steve? Because he looked like he was flying up until that point.
2: Yeah, there was just those couple of balls, wasn't there? A couple of overs where things seemed to get away from him a little bit. I mean, I, I watched him start last night and then watched him start this morning. And I, I thought he had a real look about him, that it was it was now and ever. You know, today was the day. I'm at the SCG. I'm at my home ground. I've got a great record here. Um, you know, my team needs me to dig in and make a big score. You know, a lot of these really unusual mannerisms weren't there either. It was like he was locking himself into the contest that much, that a lot of those little things he'd sort of forgotten about and that's that one you know I just, it just looked to me like he had the look in the eye where he was he's was gonna lock himself in and then just maybe just a little you know a little loss of concentration somewhere um but even I mean the ball that he got out on was it was a good delivery but it was a couple of the balls before that that he, he probably didn't look to be 100% committed to which you, you never really see with Stephen Smith he never really makes any you know obvious um judgment errors does he and there were a couple of judgment errors there that were were, were quite drastic.
0: Well, it almost looked like the the Lord's Test where he got concussed and he then he came back out. They didn't know he was concussed at the time, and he I think he did the exact same thing to um, in terms of the LBW leaving one on leg stump. Um, he did it to, to Chris Wokes in as well.
2: Yeah, he did. Yeah, he padded up to that one, didn't he? After he yeah. came back out, it was yeah, it was it was quite similar. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's and that's and that's the challenge with Test match batting. right even all the interruptions that we've had through the course of the first couple of days, it's you know really hard to keep switching on and off. And and you know Usman looks like he's done that better than, than most in this game so far. He, he missed out on some of the interruptions yesterday, obviously, but the few little interruptions that we had today, he was, he was able to switch back on and off and up and down and through the gears really, really well. And, and, you know, Smithy wasn't able to do it quite as well today.
0: I'll ask you uh, just about a couple of the English bowlers before I let you go. Ricky, um, Jack Leach had... Kwadra uh, dropped on 28 but it didn't really look like he, he troubled him a whole heap apart from that what did you kind of make of how he started today he had four men on the boundary to, to Smith when he started and he looked like he was taking quite a defensive line to to Usman is that fair to say mate
2: yeah very fair to say I, I don't think Joe Roots really understood how to handle him properly just yet you know it, Joe came out and was very critical of himself in, of himself in Brisbane for probably setting two um, attacking fields and letting the Australian batsman dominate him and then almost hit him out of the attack. But he's gone from one extreme to the other where he's gone from, mm. you know, pretty regulation aggressive sort of spin bowlers fields to ultra defensive fields. You know, we're starting with a deep point and two men straight back. I, I think you can, you've got to be, you've got to understand the strengths and weaknesses of the batsman. Where where was Kawaja and Steve Smith going to hit him today off a good ball? Maybe, maybe for Steve Smith, leave him mid off back, but bring him mid on up, make him hit across... A little bit of spin that there was there to make him take some sort of risk. Um, Cause you know, when you've got guys like Uzi and, and, and smudge that are, you know, the guys that are more than willing to play the long game and just milk bowlers and pick up their three or four runs and over, that's all you need. And that gets them off and away and, and gone and starts sapping the confidence out of the bowler as well. You know, it's, it would, it, as well as Leach could bowl, he was never going to go, go for any less than three or four and over with the, the field that was set. So, you know, that's, and even the fact that he's setting those ultra defensive fields, it's got that's got to be sending the message from the captain to the bowler that I haven't got full trust in you, I haven't got full faith in you. So, mm. um, and you know, and he, today I can understand for the first couple of overs just to let him get in and let him get set. But once he's done that and he's got his groove, then start tightening the field up, start bringing the men in one at a time, then and just see if the, the Aussie batsmen want to go after him because. The only way he was going to get them out today, there's not, there wasn't much in the surface. The only way he was probably going to get wickets was to have the Aussie batsman take some risk against him, as we saw when Alex Carey did against against Joe Root, you know, straight up in the air. There was none of that. The, the Aussie batsman didn't have to do that against Leach because they were scoring free enough as it was.
0: All right, one positive for England. Um, Stuart Broad has bowled pretty well. Uh, I'm sure you'd agree, Ricky. What have you kind of liked about how he's gone about things today?
2: Look, I think they all have to be honest. I, I think you know. I think Anderson's bowled well as well. Broad's picked up the wickets. Um, and Mark Wood just—it looks like their best attack to me. Just with a you know Wood being something a bit different, Anderson and Broad doing what they do on a wicket that's just offered enough for them, and Stokes doing what he did while he could. Um, it's looked like their best, their best attack. But you know, we saw—it just goes to show that you know, class is class, and class is permanent, right? We saw Anderson turn up and do it in Melbourne in helpful conditions we've seen broad do it um here in sydney uh, and anderson do it at the other end anderson probably um hasn't had as much luck as broad or or had less go his way than broad has in this in this innings but um yeah there's still there's still a lot of good bowling between those two to be done you know and that just it it makes it more even more staggering why they haven't played more together through this series so far
0: yeah i think that's a fair call appreciate your time ricky cheers mate good on you